Give the secret handshake. Check your cloaks. And remove your tinfoil hats. This is the Illuminati Social Club. The podcast you don't want they to know about. This is bullshit. This series presents information based in part on theory and conjecture. The producer's purpose is to suggest some possible explanation, but not necessarily the only ones to the mysteries we will examine. Welcome to the Illuminati Social Club's In Search of Series, Season 3, Episode 1. We are back. Well, to to you, the listener, we never went anywhere. You just heard us last week doing the Season 2 wrap-up show. Um, but we, the last time the three of us have talked, uh, we were in the same room. <laughs> Yay. Yes. Sure. We're staying in the same house. <laughs> so, uh, yes, uh, joining me as he has for the first two seasons, and hopefully this won't be his last season, <laughs> Mr. Oliver Rockside from Guelph, Ontario. Hello, all. Hello there. And from Halifax, Nova Scotia. Doctor Steve Cloutier. Oh, if Oliver leaves, we can we can replace him with Dick Sargent. Yes. <laughs> Are you suggesting that I'm gay, Steve? <laughs> oh no, I am not. I'm not that there's talking. anything wrong with that. <laughs> Dick York, Dick Sargent. So uh, if we wish can do it, we can do it. <laughs> So we are talking about, of course, season one, or season three, episode... Oh, I wish we could go back to season one. Uh, well, we'll be wishing we can go back to season one next week. Uh, no, season three, episode one, UFO Captives. Um, so apparently, uh, people claim to have been abducted by aliens. Well, this is news to me. I've never heard anything of the sort. Oh, wait. So, uh, oh, Oliver, what were your impressions of this episode? Well, I'd like to say that this episode, just this season just started off with a bang. And I say that when when I realized that nothing in the episode mentioned probing. So, uh, <laughs> so yes, um, yes, this this was peak in search of craziness. <laughs> and this is uh, so far we've gotten to season three now. This, to me, is the perfect In Search Of episode for crazy. Oh, God, yes. I mean, if somebody, out between between this and Anastasia, if somebody asked me in the future to give them a representative episode of what In Search Of is, <laughs> this would be either one, one of those two choices. I absolutely agree. Holy crap. Yes, this was an episode I, I was just... Actually, Jason, at some point I thought, is this a joke? (laughs) (laughs) We're going to talk about the character of this episode, but when they said who he was, I thought, this is a joke. Oh, oh God, yes. (laughs) We're getting to him. Steve, what were your impressions? Well, I I like the fact that they're going into recreations now. Um, Mm -hmm. They're they're getting the actual people to recreate their actual UFO experiences, which I I found interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was uh it, it was an interesting episode. Um so we start off uh once we once we meet uh oh uh, let's see. Oh we, we start off with the man in Wyoming. Uh he's out hunting 
and uh, he came face to face with alien beings. Now, my first question is, how much has Carl been drinking? Because, <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, well, whoa, 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 whoa. We have to back up. <laughs> okay, oh, okay, okay, okay. Because uh, do I have to say it? <laughs> um, Nimoy has replaced the turtle deck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, with... I was getting, I was getting to that. Okay, then, then I'll leave. I'll leave it there. Then I'll, I'll let you go on then. Um. So of course, you know, th- this is before we even, you know, come face to face with Leonard Nimoy. Um, but he starts off talking about how there's lots of stars in our galaxy and, you know, there's lots of, you know, there's potentially planets around those stars, which we know there are planets around the, our, those stars. And there is, uh, you know, a, a very minuscule, if any chance that aliens could ever find us. But people claim to have seen them, so they must have found us. Um, and it, he, he mentions... Uh, hard evidence, such as a blurry video of potentially a bee hovering in the, <laughs> or, you know, in in the near, you know, with mountains behind it. So now we see Nimoy, and let me tell you, those pants make it look like he should be singing falsetto. <laughs> As, as Robin Williams used to say, he said, those pants are so tight you can tell what religion he is. <laughs> <laughs> that is kooky crazy people. Um, those are like Olivia Newton-John in Greece. He had to be sewed into them pants. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to drop a Columbo reference. Please oh. do. Roddy McDowell's yes. <laughs> short fuse. Yes. <laughs> if if th- nobody knows what I'm talking about, look up short fuse, mm-hmm. the Columbo episode with Roddy McDowell in pants so tight, you probably know what his father's religion is. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, uh. So... It's it's hard to dismiss the claims of alien abduction because, well, it's just average Americans telling you, you know, that they were abducted. Yeah, it works for me. Um, well, they, they do that throughout this whole episode. Is they the, the way I sort of term, term it is it's the ordinary folks versus the eggheads. Mm-hmm. The eggheads say this, but the ordinary folks say this. Mm-hmm. And we must believe the ordinary folks because the ordinary folks are right. The eggheads are wrong because clearly something is happening and the eggheads don't want to admit it. Of course. Oh, my God. It's the Make America Great Again crowd 20 years earlier. Yeah. 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 Because they they do that through the whole this whole episode is is sort of say what what the astronomers say and what the scientists say and what the regular folks say. Mm-hmm. And we're the the way we they're let we they lead us is that we are to believe people like Hig, Carl Higdon, um, who if you if you look him up, there's loads of stuff on the internet about him. Uh, Higdon, somebody has once referred to the as his sighting as the most significant UFO encounter since Betty and Barney Hill. If you know who the Betty and Barney Hill is, um, we don't have time to go into that right now. But you know, it's it's, it's one of the, one of the premier sort of UFO encounters. Um, 
it's 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 kind of the in the same way that Kenneth Arnold's sighting of flying saucers uh, in 1947, the Betty Barney Hill one is kind of the the originator of the alien abduction story. Mm. Are they the ones that said that the aliens were, you know, had like the uh, almond-shaped eyes? And, uh, yes. Aha. Yes. Okay, so the... And, she, and the, she claimed to have been given a star chart that shows where they are um, and, mm. and that kind of stuff. You know what? Their, ha- their house is actually a historical monument in New Hampshire yeah. now. We, yeah. we should... Um, we we should dog ear this section and actually do a full episode just on alien abduct the the famous alien abductee cases. Yeah, just for the hell of it. Why not? Sure. So, um, I smell I smell a special episode brewing. Oh yeah. Oh oh definitely. Okay, there you go. <laughs> now so, the, the the Wyoming coyote. <clears throat> yes. Okay. Good old Carl Higdon. Yes. Um, it sounds to me like he just had a stroke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I was, I, I actually have written here. Uh, so the construction worker guy, uh, that, that would be Carl. I, I couldn't remember his name for the life of me while watching this. Uh, he was out hunting. Uh, he took a shot and then he looks toward where the sun is in the sky and he sees, what he would describe as an alien-shaped figure. Um, okay, first of all, we don't know what aliens look like. Um, second of all, when you're looking toward the sun and somebody crosses into the the, the disk of the sun, um, they're mostly like washed out, and they you know they look like they have really really skinny arms and really really skinny legs. They look funny when, you know, if you're if you're being blinded by the sun and you're and sorry for that reference. Uh, (laughs) But, uh, yeah, you know, so, yeah, of course, it's going to look like what we think is an alien. Um, But apparently he, uh, you know, he blacked out after that and he woke after woke after an indeterminate amount of time had passed. And my first thought was when he shot the gun, perhaps he gave himself a concussion. And, you know, it perhaps the gun kicked back, hit him in the head, you know, and, you know, time is not time in our own minds is not linear. Think about when we dream Mm. or think about, you know, like you, you have a dream where. You go to turn on a radio and your alarm goes off right at that very moment. Well, that's because your alarm had already gone off, but your mind decided to fill in that little detail for you. So mm-hmm. human the human brain really sucks at details. I'll tell you that. So, yeah, he was passed out on the ground. They took him to a hospital. And... uh and I'll let you guys talk in a second here, but I just have one more thought on this. They never took his hat off? Well, I have to talk about the hat. I'm, I, I'm sorry. Because um, Carl's hat um, is either, he's either wearing a pylon. 
or he is the long lost sixth member of Devo. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with that hat. That I is a hunting. Th- that is a hunting hat. It is I understand that it has to be orange to be, you know, hunter friendly. Mm-hmm. If there's such a thing, um, but I, I'm I don't quite understand the cone portion of the of the that, hat. That thing just looked like three sizes too big, maybe okay. five sizes too big. Okay, I was hoping for the lost member of Devo, but hey, <laughs> whip it, <clears throat> whip it good. Um. So I, I'm going okay. to int- let you introduce, I won't mention the character of the episode, Jason. I'll let you talk <laughs> about that to begin with. Um, but um, it, ha- having actually had one before, uh, just a little uh, listener insight, um, I think that he had a type of stroke. <laughs> yeah. and, and sometimes strokes don't lead to paralysis, but they lead to uh, massive confusion. Mm-hmm. And... Um, um, it it's it seems to me like that's could be what he had. Yeah. Um, going back to your point about you know aliens that look of on a variation of hum, of humanity, as you pointed out, we don't know what aliens look like. Right. Um, but we use our own, and and Hollywood is to blame for some of this. Is that Hollywood presented a picture of an alien, probably mm-hmm. going all the way back to. Um, um, uh, the day the earth stood still yeah. uh, because there was until the last 10 years when CGI could create something, you needed actors to play them. So mm-hmm. they looked like human beings, right? Yeah. Outside of the Horda. If I, you want me to get really nerdy. Um, but, um, but that, that is why all of these alien abduction stories or UFO stories, <coughs> excuse me, always use, uh, a humanoid figure. Mm-hmm. It's because in our brains, that's what we've been trained to think aliens look like. Right. And uh, so this is not inconsistent with anybody else's claim. No. Uh, but it's just a bad Xerox copy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, so apparently, Mister Higdon is a little. Uh, you know, he, he's very he's very confused, kind of distraught. Um, so he takes some time off work. Uh. Apparently nobody believes him. I can't understand why. Um, <laughs> but uh, so they call in an expert. Or how how did the expert uh, get in touch with? Okay, and by the way, let me uh, let me rephrase it. They sent in an expert. <laughs> I, I'm I'm just gonna say that. <laughs> now, did air he, quotes. Did he call or did somebody else call? Uh, I I can't remember. I think Carl called him. Okay. Yeah, I think Carl called him. And who did who did he call? But a gentleman by the name of Dr. Leo Sprinkle. <laughs> it was at this point I thought uh, they're they're just having fun with me now. <laughs> so I, I looked it up because I was like, you know, is this uh, S-P-R-I-N-K-E-L? No, it's S-P-R-I-N-K-L-E. Like like the things you put on your donuts. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Leo Sprinkle. By the way, still alive. At least as we record this. He's 87 years old. Um, And we have... um, Let's see... I, we're we're going for a trifecta here because we have an alien abductee, 
Uh, Dr. Sprinkle uses hypnosis. And we find out later he uses also a polygraph. So we are... Yep. We have hit the in search of trifecta. Everyone drink. It is. It's the triple crown of woo. It's, <laughs> it, it's just perfect. Administered by a guy named Dr. Sprinkle. Dr. Sprinkle. Come on. Yes. You know, that's just perfection. Yeah, I, I personally think that Carl's hat has something to do with all of this. Uh, I think it. I think the hat is the alien. It, you may be right. You may be right there, Jason. Uh, yes, and uh, yeah, I have here. He also uses a pol- polygraph. We're batting a thousand. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um. So Doctor Sprinkle says he doesn't think it's a hoax compared to other cases. But then again, uh. He doesn't really have an absolute confirmed case of alien alien abduction. So, like ghosts, all he has is data and no nothing to compare it to. He has lots of anecdotes, but none of it is data. So yeah, I, I should not have said he has lots of data. He has lots of anecdotes. But he has nothing to compare it against. Therefore, it's not data. So, yeah. Yeah, because he, he jumps to the same conclusion that a lot of them do. Mm-hmm. I don't believe it's a hoax. I believe the guy is telling the truth. So, therefore, it must be real. Mm-hmm. And we all know that you can believe something to be true mm-hmm. and it still not be true. <laughs> right? Really? Like, like like, if if he wants to say Carl Higdon isn't isn't hoaxing and mm-hmm. he really believes it happened, I'm fine with that. Right. But that doesn't mean that he, he was abducted by aliens. No. <laughs> that just means he believes that. Right. Mm-hmm. Something happened to him, and this is the way he's convinced himself. He's he's organized it in his own head mm-hmm. to help him to understand what happened. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean it happened. It just means that that's what he believes happened. Right. And I'm quite happy to believe that that's what Carl Higdon believes. Okay. Uh, but so that doesn't I. mean that I have to believe that he was abducted by aliens. Hold, hold on. I'm mapping that sentence there a second. <laughs> I know. It's, it's, it's a toughie, isn't it? I, I'm, drawing, I'm drawing a chart right now. The, yeah. the logic is complicated. Yes. So we leave, we, we leave Dr. Sprinkle and Mr. Higdon uh, to, you know, to talk to the tabloids. Um, and now we go to Orem, Utah. And Ms. Pat Roach. And uh, we have another recreation. And uh, apparently the whole family went to sleep. And when they woke up, they believed they were abducted by aliens. Okay. Okay, I'm going to make a very controversial take at this point, Jason. Okay. I believe Carl's story more than I believe this one. <laughs> wow. So Okay, um, let, yeah. Okay. Um so so the thing that hit me and it was the one of the one of the one of the first things they said was one child uh claimed to have seen something. 
And I thought to my, the, the first thing I thought before they even revealed which child it was, I'm like, it's got to be the youngest. It's got to be the youngest, like, uh, 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 coherent child. You know, basically not, not an infant. And, you know, but it's going to be like, you know, one of the younger children. And sure enough, it was the six year old. Because, you know, hey, six-year-olds have really wild imaginations. Um, what if, what if, what if good old Pat had a, uh, you know, she had a nightmare. And she, you know, was convinced that, you know, it was, maybe she was sleepwalking. And I don't know, you know, it. <laughs> And she scared the kids, but but the six year old, of course, being a six year old, you know, is like, oh look, I see something, you know, and saw a helicopter off in the distance. That's all I could come up with. Um. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. The six year old said that the house was invaded by a spaceman. Yeah. Um. And and then she decided, you know, since since nobody around her believed her, she would, she would, uh, you know talk to and read about, you know, read up in UFO groups and stuff like that. It's like, that's the worst thing you can do. The the worst thing you can do is immerse yourself in the culture of like, you know, if you think you've been abducted, you know, now you're going to start giving yourself more details because, you know, as I've already said, humans suck at details. And remembering them. Anyone? Anyone? Yeah, well, she, she convinced herself that it happened. Mm-hmm. Right? And she that, convinced that, her kids. That's what she did. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And and then when they put her under hypnosis, oh. it, was, it was confirmed. Well, of course, because she'd already convinced herself mm-hmm. that it happened. <laughs> right? Oh. That's why the police, when they arrest multiple people, they don't put them in the same room because they don't want them to agree on a story. Mm-hmm. The family agreed upon a story, and so she believes it. And so when she went under hypnosis, of course she's going to tell that story because that's the story she believes. Ladies and gentlemen, hypnotic regression is bullshit. Thank you. Um, uh, let's but I, see. Do, I, I do have a theory that might explain what happened to her. What's that? Go ahead. I, I'm, um, I'm so, looking forward to hearing this. Some people believe... That the that it's a version of the old hag, mm-hmm. and if if you don't know what the old hag is, um, it's when people who are sleeping wake up and they can't breathe properly, and they look up and they see an old an old woman sitting on their chest, mm. right? And so people think that it's like back in the day, people thought it was demonology, witches, all all that kind of stuff. Large probably what it is is sleep paralysis. Mm-hmm. That you you wake up and your mind your brain has frozen your body because essentially the brain and the, uh, somebody like Dave Broadback could probably explain this a lot better than I I can but basically to shorten it and simplify it the brain your brain basically paralyzes you during sleep mm-hmm. so when you dream you don't wander around right um, but sometimes what happens is you wake up. When your brain has still frozen your body. I've had that happen. Uh-huh. So have I. Twice. It is terrifying. Oh, I know. 
right? And so, and, but what happens is you become very paranoid. It it happened yeah. to me. It, it it's happened to me like about six times in the past six months. And by by the sixth time, I'm just like, I'm thinking to myself, all right, I'll wake up here in a second. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm, I, I just tell my brain, all right, cut, cut it out. Let me wake up. <laughs> right. And what, one, of the, one of the things that can happen during sleep paralysis is that, is that you, 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 you start to hallucinate. Mm-hmm. Right? I, and, I don't and recall. That's people think. That's where people think the old hag comes from. It's mm-hmm. a, it's a paralysis hallucination. Hmm. So, because when I had it, I was convinced. Because the way, way way I had it, I was lying on the side uh, in my in my bed, but I could see out the door of my room, which was open, but I couldn't see everything, and I I, I became convinced that two people had broken in. I don't know why two people, but two people had broken mm-hmm. into my apartment. Oh wow. And we're in the other room. Huh. Even as my brain is saying, because it happened the first time, and then, then it happened the second time. Same thing happened the second time. And my brain was even saying, this is just sleep paralysis. Mm-hmm. It, they're not really there. I still had the same major fear responses. My, like, my mouth got dry. My heart started to beat. My, the, 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 the hair on my on my body raised all that stuff. Even when I knew what was happening to me, Mm -hmm. it was still terrifying. And some people feel that that's what alien abductions are. Right. That that we've been been so inundated with this idea of alien abductions, um, that when, when they have it, instead of being afraid of witches or demons, they're afraid of alien abductions. Mm -hmm. And a lot of this started, um, a lot of this started in you know late forties, early fifties. Once we started right. uh, the space race, you know, and you start getting more and more science fiction out there. Uh, exactly. And you know, of course, people are going to be abducted by aliens now. So, Oliver, you've been quiet. Anything to add? I, I just don't know why you guys aren't getting enough sleep. I mean, this is <laughs> sleeping is think- my hobby. I, I think um, I think one time when I you know I had a bout of the sleep paralysis I think I I think I I, I was like I was like oh great this again oh well, I'm going <laughs> back to sleep and then I woke up I was like right <laughs> it was so uneventful well, I I have a bit of a theory too okay. um, funnily enough I was in Orem Utah two weeks ago today <laughs> oh really um, yeah it does not look like that anymore I can assure you hmm. um, the um, it, it's uh, now you have to understand that you know a, a majority of the population of Utah believes that God is a six foot two man who lives on another planet. Mm-hmm. So aliens is not that far away from what these people think about every day. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's number one. Uh, number two, I don't know if anybody else noticed this, but this is this is what really tipped me off to how bogus the story was. Did anyone notice that the house she was living in seemed to have two front doors? Hmm. Which suggested to me that they lived in a semi-detached house. Hmm. Which means that the aliens went in one house, yet did not go in the other side of the house. (laughs) Which means that the aliens did rock, paper, scissors to decide what house they were going into. Hmm. So that set my alarm bells up. The other thing is, is that they try to, uh, and this is why I love, I love in search of, is when they try and apply science 
to these kooky situations, and they just get it wrong. At one point, one not Dr. Sprinkle. Dr. Sprinkle has been replaced now yes. by somebody else. Yeah, I can't remember his name, and I don't care. And he says that he that the children should be believed because the children are less susceptible to um, uh, mind um, mind control, not mind control, but but teaching them. Mm-hmm. Right. That is the exact opposite of what children are. Children sop up information and 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 all kinds of things much more than adults do. That's how you raise children oh, is by teaching them to control their base instincts. Mm-hmm. Now, two out of the three of us are not fa- are not fathers. We don't have children, so <laughs> I- I'm not going on experience here. <clears throat> but isn't it strictly empirical? The children are much more susceptible to having their minds molded into different ways, or they wouldn't grow up to be responsible adults. Yeah, I, I guess uh, you know I, I I was a child once, but uh, you know I don't know if I'm a responsible adult. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but but the, the simple fact that I'm trying to inject some science into mm-hmm. this. <laughs> With absolutely no basis for this, it just continues on the theme and just ups the cray-cray quotient big time in this. Mm-hmm. Um, but this woman, I, I, she, she didn't really even have a story. No, no. She, she just recounted what a six-year-old told her. Mm-hmm. And I, we I know don't... how reliable how six-year-olds are. Oh, oh, yeah. oh absolutely. I was just going to say, I don't know if you noticed, um, when they interviewed the police officer, the, sher- the sheriff, mm-hmm. yeah, he completely discounted the six-year-old story. <laughs> of course. Right? Because, you know, he's a smart dude. Um, he knows six-year-old. Well, the other thing, the other thing this, is, this is an excellent point, Steve, is that police officers are trained to know when people are lying and when they're not. Right. And as, as opposed to Dr. Sprinkle, the police officer doesn't have any skin in the game. You know, mm-hmm. his the police officer's fake research. <coughs> sorry, uh, his fake research. You know, amalgam doesn't need to have funds. Right. The police officer has no reason to lie in this particular instance. Yeah. Can so. I can I also say that that he Jim Herder is the other guy. Um, oh, okay. But, but they belong to Afro. Mm-hmm. Which is an organization called the Aerial Phenomenon Research Organization. Oh. So every time they said Afro, I would giggle. <laughs> uh. See, that's why I forgot the name of the second psychologist because he didn't have a funny name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, his name wasn't Sprinkle. So, yeah, and apparently, uh, let's see. So back back to Pat Roach real quick. Uh, she said she was very upset with the aliens. Well, I, I, I think she should file a grievance with the alien union. <laughs> um, and what what did she say about uh, you know she she uh, telling her story on TV was a bad idea? Um, yeah, the aliens didn't like it. Oh yeah, no, I just think it made her sound nuts. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so any, anything else to add? 
No, I don't. I don't. I, I just think it's the perfect episode. Yeah. Oh, same here. So, uh, Oliver, tell people where they can find you on the Twitters. Uh, you can find me at Oliver Rockside. Excellent. And Steve, where can people find you? I'm usually talking about alien abductions at Doc Pinko. D-O-C-P-I-N-K-O. And you can find me at AlienCG on Twitter. And you can find this podcast at IlluminatiPod on Twitter. Anyway, folks. Have a good week, everyone. Toodles. The truth is out there.